just by, by who you are. We just pray for tonight. Uh, may these kids, may their lives be, be changed, not because of uh, anything I said or did or the smuggler leader said or did, God, but because of, of who you are, what your word says, and, and how the Spirit just pierces their heart, God. Hear my pray. Amen. All right, so this is our first uh, week of our series. You can tell it's called Lost and Found. Um, I chose that song and we just sang on purpose because it fits very well into this whole series. Uh, fits very well, especially into tonight's um, lesson. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke 15. I didn't have a chance to, um, to make uh, the notes. I'm very sporadic, but I think you guys will be fine when I make notes or not. But anyways, here we are. But before we get into uh, the scripture, I always ask you guys a question to get started. So, my question for tonight is, have you ever, of course it's not going to work again, um, have you ever lost something? Brandon, would you mind running that for me tonight? My slides aren't working. You don't mind. I got Braylon on it. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. So, have you ever lost something? Have you ever lost anything? What did you lose? Wallet. Lost your keys all the time. Did you put one of those little tile things on here? Keys. Did you raise your hands? Hot Wheels. Or AirPods. You lost AirPods. You lied to me. Anybody else lost anything? Your phone? Yeah. I feel like you should travel with nothing and then you won't lose anything. It's time we get to learn. Um... You know, but there are a ton of reasons we lose things, um, whatever it may be, different reasons. Um, sometimes, sometimes just because we're careless people. Um, I'm pointing at anybody. Sometimes we lose things because we get distracted. Uh, sometimes we get lost because the thing we're trying to navigate, like a, like a city or a tough math problem, something like that, maybe new or confusing, get lost when trying. Anybody get lost when trying to do math? I did not like math. I still don't like math. Um, it's, it's, it's no fun. My, my cousin's a math teacher, so if I have any questions or get leading to math, I, I'll text her and ask her questions. But I don't, I, that's not my favorite. But we all know how frustrating um, it is to lose something, right? Um, whether we, something, especially something we love or something we need, um, like your phone or your wallet, keys. Um, you know, sometimes we lose our homework, whatever. That, those, while, that, while that may be bad, we lose those. It's not going to be the end of the world. Uh, but it's, just, it's definitely not fun, right? But sometimes it's us. Somebody asks, have you ever gotten lost? If you did, how did you feel? Anybody ever gotten lost before? How did you feel? Scared. Scared. Confused? Anybody else? If I remember right, Mom, didn't Shane get lost in the mall one time when he was a kid? Yeah, my cousin Shane got lost in the mall and wandered around for a little while. And this was really before cell phones. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's a little crazy. Um, so, yeah, so maybe you got lost for whatever reason. Maybe you were in a new city trying to make your way to some place. Um, I was in Chicago, and I was going, I left the Cubs game. Uh, it, was, it was game one in the 2016 National League Division Series. They won 1-0, Javier Baez hit a home run on Johnny Cueto in the bottom of the seventh inning. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Um, 
But anyway, so I got on, I was going to the L. So the L is what's called the elevated train. It's a train that runs elevated above the ground in Chicago. And I was getting on, and you have to go, I have to get to my hotel. I have to go like this way around the city back up north. If I got on the train going the wrong direction, so I had to re-navigate. But it worked out because you're at, it's after the first game, at Rig, first playoff game at Wrigley Field in quite a while. The team's pretty good, and so there's some excitement. And so the place was just packed. And so Kobe was not a thing. So we're like this. I mean, just together, me and all my new friends after the Cubs game, trying to get on to this little tiny, you know, box that moves fast. And so I got on the wrong way, and everyone else was like going to get on to go this way, and I got on going this way, thinking that was the right direction, but it wasn't. I got on the train. There's nobody there. I think like three or four stops later, I'm like, oh man, it's not going the right way. So I had to get off and then get back on to the other side, which worked out because whenever we got back to that station, I was able to sit down and nobody, you know, I, I was able to sit for my long ride back up, not have to hold on to people or be like in somebody's armpit and holding their stuff, you know, that kind of thing. And so I was able to make it to where I needed to go. It may be kind of fun to tell stories of when you got lost or if you lost something now. Um, but if we're honest, it probably wasn't just always the most fun in the moment being lost or having something lost and, and can't find it. Uh, especially when you are the person lost. It's kind of scary, especially in a place you don't want really to know um, anybody or anything. Uh, if, you know, if you lost your stuffed animal um, or your phone had feelings... I probably would feel the same way if you lost your phone or your stuffed animal, but of course those things don't have feelings. I don't care how many times you watch the movie Toy Story. So, but whether you wander away from your parents, you take a wrong turn, or you lose track of your friends in a crowd, it can be pretty scary to realize that you're not where you're supposed to be. Um, you know, so you, or who to ask even for help, or how to get home again. So for the next few weeks, we're going to talk a lot about lost things and, and how they get found. Now, this won't be a tutorial on, on how to find our lost stuffed animals. We're talking about ways that you and I get lost. How we can help other people when they're getting lost. And then how we can all get found again, right? This lost and found. So when it comes to your faith, there's a lot of reasons why you might feel lost. Enough. Maybe if somebody in your family died and it's like, God, Why? Has anybody ever felt that before? My dad died overnight. Suddenly, you know, six, seven, I don't even know how long ago now. Um, it wasn't great. Almost seven. Almost seven. May will be seven years. Um, it's happy anniversary, by the way. It's been their 43rd. It's a long time. Um, and so we'll still celebrate. But that, that was a pretty hard time when my dad died. You know, woke up at six and my brother called me. Um, you know, yes, I knew he was in a better place. I knew he wasn't suffering anymore. But it still hurt, right? It's still hard. So that was, that was a hard time in my life. I kind of, a little bit of time when I was kind of lost. I had to come, I came back home. I had to do his funeral. That sucked. Um, it was hard. And just, you know, God, why? You know, we lost our house. Why? Um, you know, I, just, you may have these questions. You may have dealt with the things in your life. Something bad happened, something traumatic or whatever. And you're just like, why? Number one, I want to tell you that's okay to ask that question. You hear me? Um, too many people, too many churches will tell you that you, don't, there's, you can't ask those questions. Okay. Okay, this is a safe place. You guys can ask those questions. Um, you may not have all the answers, but at least you can ask those questions and, and talk to somebody about it, right? You got it? You understand? Take your head yes, if you understand, everybody. Okay. You know, we may feel lost for many different reasons, but 
The thing is, you and I, we were created to be close to the God who made us and who loves us, right? We were made, you see, I mean, you see Doug's thing he does every week, right? You know, you know what he does, right? And so, you know, you know, you know what he does, right? Every week. Um, and so we were made to be close to the God who made us and loves us. But some of us may not know our Creator yet. Some of us know Jesus, but we wander far away from Him by making this dumb, I'm going to say unwise, I'm going to say dumb decisions or turning our backs on Him completely. Some of us know Jesus, but we're struggling with what we believe or with a difficult situation that maybe we found ourselves in or maybe even with our, our mental health. In all these situations, we can feel pretty lost at times. If you ever drive or walk or bike, you probably use an app kind of like this one. I was going from the church to Whataburger because that seems to be a routine sometimes we have amongst this group. So you, anybody ever used this map before? Google Maps or some sort of map, Apple Maps, Waze, whatever. Uh, we've used the map to help get around. I've used maps in cities to help me get from where I'm going to walk through, especially like in, in, uh, like in Chicago, trying to walk from place to place, trying to figure out where you're going. Um, bless you. So we use these maps. Uh, if you didn't know, I also do grocery deliveries on the weekends because I need to. And so I use maps to figure out where I'm going because I would get lost. Like one lady today, I did a quick one this morning. Uh, I had to go get some groceries for myself. I'm like, I'll see if there's anything here. There's one. And I'm like, you have to go this way. Like, take like 5,000 turns to get to my house. And I turn on my GPS, and there's a road that like, goes this way. And like two turns to get to the house. I'm like, lady, just don't tell me your way. It's always fast. But anyways, we use apps like this. And these apps, they're supposed to keep us from getting lost by telling us exactly what to do, when to turn, what to do, right? Helping us avoid roadblocks. I love the app. Will anybody ever use Waze? If you drive a lot, use Waze. Because you can people, it's inputted by people, real people, that like when there's traffic or a cop or an accident, whatever. And so you can see what's coming up ahead. A lot of times if you're driving and there's something bad or, or you're, you know, a big delay, it'll give you a new route if there is a, a new route available. It's fantastic. So give us some, you know, tell us when there's roadblocks to help us avoid danger. They let, let us know exactly how long it will take, you know, to get to our destination. And then we kind of race it to see if we can beat that time. Anybody ever do that? That's me. Um, you know, sometimes it automatically reroutes us when we take a wrong turn, you know, recomputing kind of a thing. But wouldn't it be nice to have an app that did this for our entire lives? Something that tells us exactly which decisions to make and when to make those decisions. You know, an app that helps us avoid setbacks or gives us a heads up when we're heading towards danger or letting us take a peek into the future so we don't have to wonder what's going to happen next or maybe it automatically tells us what to do when we made a bad decision. That would be a pretty nice app, right? Would anybody else use it? A few of you. And wouldn't it be nice if an app told us how to do that with our faith as well? Because let's be honest, sometimes it's, it's confusing. Sometimes you feel as though you're wandering away from God, but you're not, you're not sure how or why you're beginning to wander from God. Maybe it seems like yesterday you had just this awesome relationship with God, but today you feel lost and you feel far away. Or other times you might even feel like you've wandered away from your faith and no one notices but you. You feel like man, not even God notices that I'm not, I'm not with Him. So let me, if you feel far from God for whatever reason, you might find yourself wondering, who screwed up? Did I fail God or did God fail me? 
And then what do I do next? What do I do from now on? So for the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at just one chapter in the Bible. Like I said, just one. One of my favorites in Luke 15. This, this chapter recounts a series of stories that Jesus once told about things that were lost and then things that were then found. And each story communicates a different and important truth. These stories aren't historical stories, so they're not like real stories that actually happened. They're parables, stories that Jesus made up and told in order to teach us an important truth. So if you have your Bible in Luke 15, uh, we're going to start there in the very beginning in verses 1 and 2. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Alright, so real quick. Who are the Pharisees? Who are the Pharisees? And why are they so mad? So who are the Pharisees? Religious leaders? Fantastic. Why are they so mad? Because Jesus is eating sinners. Right? Like, you should not be eating That's fantastic. I love it. Sinners is you. Um, and so the Pharisees of Jesus' day, they were religious leaders who were super focused on following God's rules. Like, like following, remember how many, do you remember how many we had? We talked about a couple weeks ago. How many commandments there were in the Old Testament? How many commandments? Six hundred and thirteen. Leah, what did you say? Five. Oh, we were here. Oh. We were right You should know this. Oh. You're um, 613. And so, they were so focused on following every single rule to the letter. So they, they, that, that's what they were consumed by. Not by, like, the love of God, but by doing each one of these things to the letter. It's called legalism. But these laws, they were important, and they weren't inherently bad. You got me? So the laws that these guys were trying to, to do were good laws. In fact, they were given by God to help God's people stay healthy, stay safe, and stay close to Him. Okay, so they were made for a good purpose. And these laws help people not get lost. Okay, when I mean lost, not like they don't know where they're going, but not lost with God. But in Jesus' opinion, the Pharisees had taken things way too far, way too the extreme. Because they, they wanted to follow every rule Exactly, and imposed that same kind of thing on everybody. They became arrogant. They became uh, self-righteous. They became dismissive of people who they believed were sinful, not like them. And so these Pharisees, they were so obsessed with following God's laws that they missed the heart of God. And so Jesus was often angry with these guys, the Pharisees, for their lack of love and for their lack of mercy and for their compassion for other people. So to the Pharisees, Jesus always seemed to be breaking God's rules because he would do things like heal people on the Sabbath. Remember, he was not supposed to do any kind of work on the Sabbath, but he would heal people, which is fantastic, right? You might think it would be great to be healed. They were mad at Jesus because he did it on the Sabbath, which doesn't make any sense. And they would share meals with people who the Pharisees called sinners. So instead of dismissing the Pharisees for being jerks because they were... Jesus takes the time to tell them three stories to help them maybe think differently, to change their hearts. And the first one is about a missing sheep. So as we read this story, I want to show you some of the, what some of the scenery looked like in Israel. You can see it in this picture here. 
That is an actual photo of Israel. When you see this Judean desert, you can maybe get a better understanding of how a sheep might go missing. Because it's not just flat. It's not like, you know, it's not like West Texas. There's some hills. And how difficult it might be to find a sheep again. All right, so let's continue on on Luke 15, verse 3. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine, that was part of the song, Reckless Love, in the open country, and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders. He picks it up, puts it over his shoulders, rejoicing. Verse 6. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So we don't know how the sheep got away from its shepherd. Maybe it got distracted or confused. I don't know if you guys know, but sheep are dumb. Maybe it was, you know, saw the sheep walk away and decided to follow that sheep and got lost. Uh, maybe it was trying to run away. I don't know. Either way, whatever the reason was, the sheep found itself far from the safety of its shepherd. So imagine how difficult it would be to find one lost sheep in, in that huge desert we just saw, filled with valleys and steep cliffs. It would take time, it would take effort, and it would take a lot of attention to find that one sheep in that vast Judean desert. So if I were the shepherd, I probably wouldn't be willing to put in the effort to find the one if I have 99 still, right? Anybody agree? Anybody feel like that would be them too? Like you have 99, I have 99, I'm good, I don't need this dumb sheep, I got my 99, fine. That's how I would have been, I'd be like, I'm not going to go chase after this one, I have a lot more, right? So I'd be, I would have been happy. But here's what the shepherd in, in the story that Jesus told us did. Even though he had 100 sheep to take care of, he noticed... When one of them was missing. I imagine that this shepherd probably knew the name of the sheep as well. And even though he knew it would be difficult, he searched for his lost sheep until he found it. He never gave up. And when he found his lost sheep, Jesus didn't say that the shepherd yelled at it uh, or made fun of it or punished it. It says that the shepherd lovingly carried it home. They would put it, they would grab the sheep by like the legs and they would like put it over their shoulders like you do like a kid and they would carry it at home. You got it? That's the picture of this little sheep that smells bad on the pillows. So what does this parable mean? Who is the shepherd and who is the sheep? Isaiah 53, 6. If you have never read Isaiah 53, check it out. It's a book by um, prophet Isaiah written 500 years before Jesus. But this whole chapter is nothing but Jesus. Fantastic. All we like sheep have gone astray. We like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone, everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So if you and I are that wandering sheep in the story in Luke 15, Jesus says God is like that good shepherd. And Jesus is God. Because when you feel lost, Jesus notices you. When you feel lost, Jesus notices you. Sometimes you're like, we're all like the sheep in the story of Jesus, wandering away from the safety of God. Some, you know, maybe wandering from God because we don't know Jesus 
is our good shepherd in the first place. We don't understand that God is truly this good God, that, he, that Jesus is, our, is the good shepherd. Maybe you're out in the desert wandering, and this is the first time maybe you're hearing or realizing that Jesus has been calling you to come and be found by him. Maybe we get distracted. I'm looking out amongst you right now, and a lot of you guys are distracted. Maybe you intended to stay close to Jesus. There are so many other interesting things to do that you kind of forgot he existed. Maybe you're looking up right now and wondering, hmm, how long have I been wandering and distracted for? Maybe we get confused. It's okay to have questions and uncertainties about following about following Jesus. And, and those questions turn into confusion that leads us away from our shepherd. But our questions don't need to lead us away from him. In fact, our questions can bring us closer when we bring them actually to God. Or maybe we just we want it from God because we just walk away. Sometimes we walk away from our shepherd on purpose. Maybe you've turned your back on God in the past because following Jesus was just too difficult. Or maybe you were, you were no longer interested or you were hurt and you blamed God for it. Whatever. You just kind of turned and walked away. Just like sheep are sheep, you and I are human. God knows that we're prone to getting lost. That's why Jesus describes the good shepherd the way that he does. You know, God has created hundreds of billions of people. God knows each and every one of us by name. It's kind of cool. So when you go missing, God notices. You're not insignificant to your shepherd. Say that again, so I want to make sure you guys understand that. You are not insignificant to your shepherd. Even though convincing us to come back to God is difficult, Jesus never stops searching for us. He, can never, he never gave up on you and I, and He never will. And when you and I finally realize we're lost and that we need help, God doesn't yell at us. He doesn't make fun of us. God doesn't punish us. When you need God, when you need help, God celebrates, and Jesus will always lovingly carry you home. So just like the shepherd in the parable notices his missing sheep, Jesus notices you. Yes, you. You, who are sitting here thinking about how far you've wandered and wondering how you're going to find your way back, Jesus notices you. You, who feel like no one in the world notices you, Jesus notices you. You, who are still trying to decide what you even think about God, Jesus notices you. So let's get ready to wrap up this time before we go to our small groups. These are my hope, hope for you today. And if you're not sure what you think about Jesus, but you're willing to give him a chance, I hope you leave today knowing that your good shepherd loves you and is excited to welcome you. Or if you feel lost right now, I hope you leave today knowing that Jesus is actively searching for you. Let him know that you're ready to be found. If you feel unseen, like no one notices or no one cares about you, I hope you leave today knowing that Jesus sees you. So when you feel lost, Jesus notices you. God, tonight, may they just believe that to be true, that God, that when, when we wander, you, you come running after us. You come looking for us, God. May they see this, this beautiful picture, this imagery, in this story. See, see the depths of love that you have for us. 
God, may it break our hearts to see that you love us so much despite how we treat you, what we say about you, what we do. You love us so much that you find us where we are, God, but you don't just leave us there. You bring us into you and, and make us more like you. I pray for this next 15 or so minutes of our small groups. God, I pray that they be edifying, that they see, God, how much you truly love them, that, they, that they're ever lost, God, that you are actively pursuing them. In your name I pray. Amen.